0: and small the home depot app how doers get more done do you want the best for your car then fill up with premium at circle k circle k premium is our best fuel with double the cleaning detergent protecting your engine from corrosion and damage so it can work at its best and that my friend increases your mileage for more cha-ching in your pocket plus when you fill up with premium at circle k you can save up to 20 cents per gallon Offer valid Thursdays or Fridays at participating stores. For details, visit CircleK.com. Circle K. How convenient.
1: I'm Ben Utec. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion, so parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com slash concussion. That's aan.com slash concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology.
2: You're listening to ESPN
3: 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the
2: River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattingill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattingill. Check
4: it out, George. 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, open segment now. Open segment next segment. 130 Ralph Bomber. I want to hear from you Saints fans. Um, What do you think as we get closer to the NFL Draft? Or if you just want to start talking about Pelicans playoff basketball. I'm calling it a playoff. It's do or die. It's win or go home. And it's also the midway point of your work week. A short work week Uh-oh, as well.
3: Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. hump, 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 hump
5: day! I know you can hear me. Let's get
6: stupid. Today's more than what that camera Wednesday hump day. Is
4: It is Shock Gina Digital Underground, head coach Sean of the Payton. Looking forward to seeing you guys out there tonight outside of section 104-105 in the concourse. Get there early. It's going to be a little weather. Drive time time. 5, 6, 7-ish. game's for 8.30. We're going to do a special pregame show, 7.30. And it, of course, goes right into Pelican's warm-up. We're walk through. Although everybody's going to be in the same little area. The graph, myself, Daniel we'll have different guests. until, man, you know, Andrew to stop by. You name it. Scott's going to stop by. We'll have the intern there as well. We'll check in with him in a quick sec, and then find out his thoughts on our question of the day. It's a very, very simple one. I'll have him do that as well. But come on by. We're going to be right next to. It's literally called the Sports Bar, <laughs> and. Um, I'm totally gonna have happy hour prices and specials there for that one hour before we get there. DJ, maybe, uh, maybe they'll let me get in there. What do you think, Jordan? You think that that'll happen or not? I, I don't know if, uh, you want, you know, me, uh, running the laptop there, but what do you think? You think, uh, maybe the I, DJ I will play let some me good go?
7: Music whenever we did the- the walkthroughs pre-COVID, do, right? You usually played the music. I did. Before the arena started pumping out their own music. I did. I did. I enjoyed it. It was pretty good.
4: You know, it, it was fun, except for. Even though some
7: of them were explicit. I did see, I did learn to read that little E on the next <laughs> yes. song title. Look, by I... the way, by the way, if, if you want to stop by, I, I will have a marker of ready to sign anybody's memorabilia that they, they want me to sign.
4: You're unbelievable. Did you really just do that? Did you? No one wants your signature. Come on. What are you talking about?
7: I mean, on your $120 Zion Williamson jersey, I'll put it right <laughs> on the one. Put it right. What would you sign, by the
4: way? What would you say? Best wishes, huh?
7: Best wishes. Yeah. Best of luck.
4: Best of luck. Why don't you just draw a little, the emoji hand with, uh, you know, the number one on it. Uh, probably yeah. that as well. Right. Right on the number one of Zion. The Lakers can go. <laughs> there it is, right there. <laughs> the number one using the middle finger. Jordan, you pumped. I am. Look, I, I know, You know, naturally, everybody's poo-pooing what Patrick Beverly, you know, did last night. But in reality, the T-Wolves, we're not that different from them from this aspect. The second time in the last 18 years they've been in the playoffs. I mean, it's, you know, I I get it's not the Lakers, which, by the way, they're not in it. I mean, I'm so tired of, I I don't know what what it is now. Either you have to be like Brady in this Hall of Fame quarterback to be a decent quarterback in the NFL or you stink. And unless you're winning a championship, you can't be excited in the NBA. I just it's crazy to me, right?
7: Yeah, apparently the only, you know, obviously what players are going to tell you is it's not a successful season unless you win the championship. But to an extent, extent does I feel like, I, I mean, <laughs> obviously they're at the point where they're at in their careers because of that mentality. But from just the perspective of getting to that point, of the season, making it to the postseason, I think it's a huge accomplishment. I don't think it should be downplayed whatsoever. Because if you look at the Sacramento Kings, I bet a lot of their fans would love to even be in this situation Absolutely. to have a chance to make the playoffs. Because when's the last time that they've been in a playoff game? So everybody that's you know dogging on these teams for celebrating getting into the playoffs, they can go kick rocks.
4: Whoa! Well, <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else. Four pound sand. No, I hear you. Either um. One. Maybe throw out another question of the day for me if you can, because I kind of feel we find we've got a couple of calls already today in between our guests, and you know Eric's excited, he's pumped up, he, he looks into it. Um, are you? And I'm asking this as well to you, Pels fans listening. Are you more excited or more nervous about tonight? You know what I mean by that, right? Nervous meaning nervous. Uh, I don't know if we can beat them. You're, like you're, you're tend to be more nervous with the with, with not as much confidence. Does that make sense? Whereas. I'm super excited because you're confident. You're, you have. I think the more confident you are, the more excited and less nervous you are. Would you Would you agree with that? Like we we've done games before where there's a Saints playoff game, Saints game that's big, a Pels game. You know, like ah, I'm a little nervous. Like that's a fair question, right? Are you more excited or nervous about tonight?
7: Uh I feel like you can be prepared. You can be well prepared, but still be nervous. Uh You
4: think you can still be yes. excited and nervous at the same time? Yes,
7: but. I, For me, I mean, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm not playing. I'm sure the players are, you know, nervous. A lot of these guys being the first time that they're playing in a, you know, postseason basketball, but I'm more excited. I I love what I'm seeing on social media. I love everybody engaging, coming together. Can't wait to see like how everyone interacts with one another tonight at the game because we haven't seen this in a while. Last time we saw it was really when the Pelicans swept the Portland Trail Blazers in the the playoffs. So this is kind of what it feels like, but. You asked this question earlier, either earlier in the week or last week, where um, is the fan base more engaged than it was yep. at that time? I and said that you didn't buy. It. I, I didn't. I didn't know, but now the past couple of days yeah. that is amplified a yeah. hundred times, and I'm more excited to yeah. watch just the environment and the, the how the team reacts to the fan base except accepting them because. As the national media says, the only team that the New Orleans, uh, New Orleanians care about is the New right. Orleans Saints. So Which is crazy I think it'd be New just York. a great platform for, um, city of New Orleans to show its pride for the Pelicans. I mean, it
4: does, you know, involve the name of your city. I mean, I mean it is, it is right? New Orleans. Um, 800 1003 if you like to chime in and, um, and, 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 and tell me, are, are you more excited? Are you more nervous here as well? And the reason I bring that up, because you should be learning by now in your final year of your final days of your internship here, Jordan, is um, so I've been I, I'm normally right. And I'm normally on point on certain things. But the reason I brought this up was to set up the following home crowd and that energy and the importance of it. You saw it last night. Carl Anthony Towns fouls out. The Clippers are up by double digits. What'd they go on, like a 20-something run, 22 run, 20-4? to I mean, and the T-Wolves, and you felt it. It started with Anthony Edwards down the lane. My gosh, is he good, right? You saw the threes. You saw a steal. But the crowd. Listen to Chris Finch, who we had on our show earlier in the season. Used to be a longtime assistant here in New Orleans. Specifically talk about how the energy over there in Minnesota helped this team.
3: Yeah, I mean it was incredible. Walking out there for the jump ball, you can just tell um that it was going to be an electric night. Crowd was into it from the jump, you know, they really sp- they spurred us on when we were down a bit. Um you know, we made great great plays that brought them to life and uh it was it was unreal, it was real unreal, you know. Um you know, our crowds have been great. They've been building all all season. Um we've said it many times like probably the most uh most flattering thing that said, is said to me is that I like to watch your team play. You know, and that gives me great pride.
4: That's interesting. As Chris Finch saying that fans say they like to watch your team play, I, I think you could make that argument here or case for it. So all 12 Pels fans are going to be in attendance tonight. <laughs> I, I think, uh, what was that?
7: Per JJ Reddick.
4: Per JJ Reddick, uh, that's where the Pels 12 thing, by the way, in case you're, you're wondering, you see it on shirts and people refer to the Pels 12. That's because JJ Reddick, a little bitter when he was uh, let go to so bring in Lee into the conversation, said all, all 12 of you fans. You know, I think we going back and forth. So it's only 12 fans, Lee. But how important do you think the Pelicans fans are going to be tonight in this game, Lee? And are you more nervous or excited about tonight's game against the Spurs? Lee? Me and my significant other, as two against that 12,
5: so I guess it'll be 10 jelly, but uh, we're going to be in that number tonight. We're going to stop by, and we're going to say hello, and uh, we are Jack. We are pumped. I've been waiting on this all year long. When we was 3-16, man, I was saying to myself, I don't know how yet. Uh, I don't know when exactly it's going to happen, but this team, they're bought in the Willie Green, and somehow this is going to turn around, and now I'm tonight is the payoff for my belief on these teams. Win or lose, man, tonight is a payoff. Tonight is a big for us, man. This is huge. I mean, I I look at it as we're playing with house money this first year. No Zion the entire season. The entire season. And we won, what, 36 games? Pretty impressive. Because, you know, when him on the team, us at full strength, I mean, he's worked, him by himself, is worth 10 to 12 wins. So if you look at it, if you look at it from, um, I'm thinking from an a educated balling standpoint, if Zion was with us the whole season, um, I don't think it would have been out of question for the Pelicans to be a 50-plus win team this year. So just looking at it from that aspect, the needle's pointing way up, way up. And um, I wanted to ask this question because um, I'm, sure, I'm almost certain we're going to get the Lakers pick. Um, the question I have is, it's only protected outside the top ten, right? So once it's inside the top ten, let's say the Lakers win the draft lottery. Is that the Pelicans pick at the number one? It's the
4: that's the Pelicans. Yeah, no, oh. it's the Pelicans.
5: So, okay, inside ten. So, basically... I, In, I inside ten. Sure inside I ten. Yeah, look,
4: look. It's, it's simple. When... The, the ping pong poll, you know, show happens and that game takes play. Yeah, you're, you're rooting for that envelope to keep going. I mean, right now, the best odds is that's eight, right? So we get to eight, still hadn't seen the Lakers logo on it. Keep going, baby. Keep Keep going. Get in there. Get as high as you want because obviously that gives you more options, right? I mean, that gives you, Lee, the option to actually use it. That gives you the option that another team may want it and you get somebody else that you know. Um, it, it gives you options. So yes, the higher it gets, the the better you are, sir.
5: Man, that's awesome. Cause um I, I've been hearing little Beretti's talking around the organization that uh Damian Lillard is kind of looking at us in a in a really adoring way right about now. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's because of CJ McCullum. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that okay? I'm just saying he's not happy. the employer and CJ is like the ambassador right now for this city and for this team. And I'm just saying these guys talk, man. That's all I'm saying. I I'm not put I'm not putting nothing else out there. I don't know if it'll be a big three or big four or whatever. I don't know if a luxury cat, I don't know. But I'm all I'm saying is this Damon Miller expressed express a desire to come play with the Pelicans next year. I think we need to make that happen by any means necessary. So maybe the higher the draft pick, the better
4: it would be. Well, like I, I said, know. well, like I said, I that there there is a, a large segment. Lee, as I got to hit the break here, that I believe the higher the segment, I mean the higher the draft pick, the more options you have, and that could be an option for sure, since you have. 14 contracts right now. That look is, is Garrett Temple coming back? Is you know, Devontae Graham coming back? It's a lot of different things that you can be doing to free up some of those spots. You can use that. Obviously, if there's a player out there, man, that that you think that can help you, or do you go get a veteran point guard that you can you kind of maybe thought and hope that Devontae would have been? I don't know. I but there are a lot of options. So yes, you, you want it to get as high as possible inside of 10. It's yours. That's simple. All right, Lee. Thank you, bud. See you tonight. You got it. guys. See you tonight. Alright, we'll take a quick break. I saw Jordan's face when Lee suggested that. That's part of the, the columns and stories, uh, that you've seen the last two days. I think Andrew Lopez wrote on it here as well. Dame Lillard says he's a little jealous of how much fun CJ McCullum's having with New Orleans. We'll talk about that when we come back. So sports hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
8: non-attorney paid spokesperson attention past and present industrial plant workers in louisiana if you were pregnant while working in a petrochemical plant a refinery or other industrial plant your children may be entitled to compensation birth defects have been linked to toxic chemicals and solvents used in the petrochemical and other industrial plants located between new orleans and baton rouge so if you were working in an industrial plant where toxic chemicals and solvents were present and your child was born with a brain or spinal cord disorder skeletal organ or limb deformities a heart condition cerebral palsy genetic damage or other problems they could be entitled to compensation call the law firm of Philip C Hoffman at 183399 toxic. If you are a current or former petrochemical or other plant worker and your child is suffering from birth defects, call one 998 6942 today. Contact the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman to evaluate whether your child is entitled to compensation. Call 1-833-99-TOXIC now. Responsible Attorney Philip C. Hoffman, New Orleans, Louisiana. Valley 2212725
0: Road HOMA.
2: That man's got some stones. Believe me, he has no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to the
0: sports hangover with Gus 800-998-1003. If
4: you'd like to chime into the conversation, Jordan, the intern, Mr. Clebear with us here as well. Our question of the day, Jordan, is
7: Yeah, well, actually I put out two like one when the I need two. Pelicans first tweeted out tonight's game information. Mm -hmm. Are you going to the blender? tonight will we see you there and the other question Wednesday's question of the day what is your key to a Pelicans win over the San Antonio Spurs and I was about to put besides scoring more points than the San Antonio Spurs <laughs> what is the key tonight because obviously I knew there was going to be that one person that put score more points than the Spurs if that happens I think we pull off a win so uh, those are your questions of the day you can comment at ESPN Radio Noel over on Twitter or call in 800-998-1003. double zero three.
4: Mm-hmm. All right. Just making sure you um I and also the other thing I, I need to know if if you're more nervous or excited. Which what is it? More nervous or more excited. You know? Um I would say I'm actually more excited than nervous to be honest with you. And you know me. I'm always saying, well, you um, know, I don't know this guy and stuff like that. I just – you know, here's the thing, too, and it's something to keep an eye on if, say, they don't win tonight or just even if they win. I mean, you got the Clippers and then it's the Suns or whatever. But as we watch the postseason, which has now started, okay, Jordan, I look at it as as I have the in seasons past. How do you compare to the Pelicans? How do – the Pelicans' build to compete with some of these teams are going to and things of that nature. And you heard me mention it to Tracy Langdon yesterday about: I, I, Are we moving away from big three superstar collectives on teams? Because even if they do make it work somehow, and as he said, it's not sustainable. It can only it's a it's a brief period now. It's you know because the money that players are making, LeBron was making when he was with Miami, it's almost double now. Like, he's making 40-something million. He wasn't making 40 million in Miami, right? It was high 20s or something of that nature, I think. So, the, the money is different. I mean, between he, AD, and Russ, Russ is 44, he's 47, AD's 38. That's three players right there. That's not sustainable. So you, you have a two-year maybe window, three to try to win ships if you're, if you're doing it that way. Um, but I think what you're seeing is teams that have two really good players, a superstar, things of that nature, and then building guys around it. And when I look at the Pels, that's why I'm excited. Number one, I ain't played a game. Hadn't played a game. And whether or not he's the greatest of all time, like Shaq or something like that, or just an all-star player, you had an all-star caliber player, which I do think Leon can be, right? I mean, would you agree he can be an all-star caliber player at least? He's been an all-star, that's what I'm saying. I mean, an all-star caliber player, if he's just moving forward, an all-star caliber player. Brandon Ingram is a all-star caliber player. He's been an all-star. CJ McCollum is at the very least an all-star caliber player. I mean, I'm trying to think all the different teams you see. Like last night with Minnesota, you have a guy and Anthony Edwards. That guy is just insane, right? Carl Anthony Towns. When he plays well, he's good. So they got their two, their big two per se. Um, obviously when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is two. So, The Pellas have two, I think, that make them very competitive. I mean, we've seen it with CJ and BI this year. I don't think Jonas is a slouch. Herb Jones is one of the best defenders in the league. And then you add in Zion. So as I'm looking at the teams that are playing right now... they're absolutely potentially on par with their starting five and yeah. you're starting to see the development of the other guys. That's why I'm excited about this. Go get your experience tonight. Get that guy healthy. Get him into the mix next year with Zion. And dude, I, it's, you know, I, I'm excited about it. Where, where are you going to go moving forward?
7: Well, hopefully it's kind of the end of the big three era. And I feel like you are kind of seeing this because it's I not too. working for a lot of these guys, for a lot of these teams. I mean, you see Ben Simmons when he was with Philadelphia. I mean, how, how that kind of panned out with, you know, mm-hmm. trust the process. And now he's with Brooklyn and there's players literally saying, hey, make something happen of yourself during practices. Uh I mean, you look at Westbrook, like you mentioned, I mean. No one even wants him on the team. I mean, was, right, right was now, Oak, the, Oklahoma City, the number one team
4: was, and player with the most pressure is James Harden in the, the sixth. Right? I mean, they just keep making try to make these big moves and stuff like. So it's not guaranteed. Now will it work? Could it work, man? But it's not guaranteed. You can't plan for injury, and you can't plan for whether or not it works or not. Ben, thanks for calling the Sports over today, man. How are you, bud?
9: I'm good. I just got a question from from a coaching standpoint. Obviously, Zion's playing. There's going to be some rust. You know, we can all agree on that. Team chemistry, you know, minimal there, you know, I mean, because he's been practicing with the team. But I mean, what they're doing is working. They've got a winning formula. Why not just wait till we get past this play in and then put him in the lineup? Do y'all think strategically that Zion could be, could be a hindrance tonight? I just want to know what y'all think about that.
4: Well, he's, he's, to my knowledge, he's not playing. I mean, Willie Green yesterday at the end of practice said, no. When he was asked if Zion (laughs) was playing. I
9: didn't know if he was playing or not. Yeah, no, no, no. He's
4: not. He he said no. Um, I'll actually, uh, just so you can hear it up. See, I'll pull it up here. Here's Willie, Coach Green. It takes literally about a second here. Is Zion playing? No. Zion will not play tomorrow. (laughs) There it is. So he's not playing. Now, I I think if if you were going to throw him out there, it it would be against Phoenix. You gotta win two more games. Right? I mean, if that's even happening. I haven't been told that that's even a consideration, but you're seeing them ramp up and things of that nature. So I don't know, but, um, you know, so I'm not going to say that there's never a chance, you know, that that would happen, but we know for a fact he's not playing tonight.
9: Zion reminds me of Derek Coleman. I think Derek Coleman could have been on the level of a Charles Barkley. I think he could have been that great, but number one, Derek Coleman, he was kind of lazy. I don't think he tried his hardest and, and he couldn't keep it shape, bottom line, you know. And I think this, you know, Zion's nutrition and his is his his, uh, his weight is going to be. A, I think it's going to kick him his whole career.
4: Are you more excited, uh, excited, or nervous tonight? All right, all right. So Ben, a little nervous about whether or not um, Zion and his shape is going to be something moving forward. I'll say this, man. It. So you you heard me yesterday talk specifically um with Trajan yesterday about what CJ can sort of be to Brandon Ingram, what we've seen there and and a guy like that that can be for Zion as well, you know, and I again I I think it's it's gonna be a very interesting time in the summer and moving forward. I, I Why not, man? I, I think all it's right. going to be good uh, when he comes back in and, and teams play and, and get going there. As I hear our, our phone lines on, Dat John. What you got, that John?
10: What's up, cause baby? How you doing? Doing well, bud. Man, look, you know me, I'm a person of the now. I did this all last same season. Um, uh, Man, and this is just I, I ain't telling nobody what to think. This is just my thinking. I just really want to. I ain't worried about no draft pick. <clears throat> <I'm> not, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not worried about no Zion right now. It would be good to have them. You know what I'm worried about? At 830, we'll be sitting in front, we'll sitting in front of my family, and we're going to be supporting the Pelicans. Let me tell you what's going on in the city, Gus. There are actual schools in Orleans and Jefferson Elementary school, that have a dress down day to day. When has the last time he's had a dress down day for the Pelicans or the Hornets or anybody? Who that, John? It's I,
4: always- I, <laughs> I'm being honest. I, it's. I'm trying to think too. I'm looking at Jordan. I know exactly what you're talking about that. That's a common What's thing on Fridays, Sorry, right? That's a common thing on Fridays to wear your Saints gear, right? I mean, they've done that. The fact you're saying that that's incredible. That that's you know, I again. It's what I told Jordan. I feel since the last time this team has been in. There's a lot more knowledgeable fans, there's a lot more buy-in, there's a lot more sense and feel that that's our basketball team. And what's remarkable about it is, I will argue that it has nothing to do with Zion or its top players. I, I mean, Bi has helped, but you know, and CJ coming in. But what I'm saying is, I think the swell of connection with this team, as remarkable as it sounds, has nothing to do with number one.
10: Gus, let me just ask you this last question, right quick. Tell me if you agree with this. I'm not talking about Willie Green. Yeah can we can we say right now that CJ McCollum and Herb Jones changed this franchise forever?
4: I love that Um, Jordan Huda John making the case has Willie Green and CJ McCollum changed this franchise or no, 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 trajectory no, 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 no. for
10: no, no, not Willie Green. I said players. No, oh, not Willie Green. He I said Herb Jones and CJ McCollum
11: okay.
6: for two
10: different reasons. Okay. He's a veteran and leadership we've never had since this fall. What do you think? No, I I,
4: look, I agree. I mean, I, I've been making the comparison the last several shows that I, I think he can be what Drew Brees was to the city and what Drew Brees was to Sean Payton. In other words, that conduit, that, you know, person that can go and take what the coach wants to do. And bring it to the younger guys The professionalism I think Jordan is something else That we've been looking at and seeing How you're supposed to be a pro And how you you carry yourself around here as well And how you're viewed But also at the same time You know Bring in swagger I mean Drew Brees carried himself like he was You know what I mean he he had confidence they were going to win I mean, don't tell Drew they're not winning. Drew walked every single day thinking that this team was going to win. And that guy walk, walking in and, and feeling that way, I think has done it. I, I think you're on the money, Huda John. Good All right, buddy. Thank you for the phone call. Jordan, will check in with you in a little bit as we bring in Ralph Marlborough. As, uh, we'll see how he's doing and see if he's calmed down. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans.
12: Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 632-6900 for more information.
5: Get
0: in zone autozone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems, we can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions, verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by Technician Verified Fixes. The free Fix Finder service, only at AutoZone. Get
10: in
4: zone,
0: AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com.
4: It's 106 miles to Chicago. we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
0: Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau.
4: Scott is ESPN Lafayette. He's going to be there tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Checked in on him. He just wants offensive players. As we get closer to the NFL draft two weeks from tomorrow, will be the first round. Saints 16 and 19, 49 as well. Three of the top 50. Poor Ralph Marlboro. I'm just checking in on you again this week, man. I've been following your tweets this week. You're, we're going to get to the Jameis Winston thing. I think you have a problem. Oh I, I know. I know. I think we need like have a seat on the couch. You know, I'm going to give you a nice cushion for your head. I've lit some <laughs> candles. I'm gonna try to relax you. But first and foremost, good afternoon, man. How are you?
11: I'm great. I'm excited for the I'm excited for the Pelicans tonight. And let me just say I feel like tonight is a huge opportunity for the Pelicans in this sense. If they win tonight, they'll have this will have this feeling tomorrow of the Pelican season, no matter what happens going forward, will be a success. And I know it seems like a small thing, but there's gonna be a bunch of people in that building tonight, Gus, that maybe this is their first time they're going to the game or they haven't gone that much. Right. And if the Pelicans look awesome tonight, you're gonna. Ha- you- I know it sounds cliche or whatever, but you're gonna have kids going, "Hey, Dad, can we go to the Pelicans again next year?" And it's a small thing, but it really starts to build the fan base and build the momentum for next year. And it'll just the season will end on a high note. If you end your season and you're walking out your stadium or your arena and you lose and you know the season's over, it just leaves a bad taste. But well, if they win tonight. No matter what happens going forward, it'll be a great success. So they got to win. The the point is they got to win tonight. I hate Greg Popovich. I hate the San Antonio Spurs. They need to win.
4: That's what I'm saying. No, it's a very good point that you bring up because I I think like you're saying too, look, uh, winning two games to get to the first round, and even if you win a game or two, man, Phoenix, it's it's at a different level. And it's okay to say that. They're at a different level, right? I mean, the Saints in 6 it was nice. That run was magical because it was unexpected, Ralph. No one expected to go to the AFC Championship game. Right. And it took a couple of seasons after that for them to be legit serious contenders. So I'm with you on this. I think if you win tonight, it's against a team in an organization that, you know, you have history in, even in that arena. And you're right. It's moving forward. It gives more opportunity to get and play in front of nationalized, more experience. And if anything, you kind of get the taste in your mouth of, man, hurry up next season as opposed to, uh, when is it? Like who cares when next season is? And I think there, there's a big difference there. And you know, Ralph, I want to ask you this from the outside looking in here as well. I've been making this case that I would not say similar, but you remember No 06, the, the reason the Saints sold out their season was because of what? Do you remember who they drafted? Well, yeah, they
11: drafted Reggie Bush, and, right? And Katrina, Katrina, and Reggie Bush filled the stadium,
4: right? But, but it wasn't because of Drew Brees, right? Right, that's what yeah, I'm getting at. It was
11: a Reggie. It was because of Reggie, and we were scared the team was going to move, right. <laughs> and so everybody, everybody rallied and filled the stadium. it's a long time ago, but in 2005, you remember this, guys, the, the the tragedy of Katrina, and it was people' death and all these things. People's houses were gone, and it was. News 24-7. But then those rumors started like Benson wants to put the team in San Antonio temporarily, maybe permanently. And the Katrina news stopped. And it was the lead story on the news. And people were like, get the hell out of here. I don't care that I I can't get in my house and I got four inches of mud in my house. (laughs) You are not moving the Saints. And they were putting Benson's name on refrigerators. I remember.
4: I remember. Like, yeah.
11: everything stops and you think about the tragedy of Katrina that everyone was going through personally ripping out drywall all of it and New Orleans we just said we just said oh we gotta we gotta stop and pause and make sure the Saints don't leave oh we'll do that so like that was the whole thing on Katrina but it was you're right it was Reggie Bush the 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 fear of losing the team and that filled the stadium but the consistent winning
4: is what kept it no right no doubt but that's what I'm trying to get at here. I was making a point what's interesting to me and in a season where your number one jersey seller, the name, mm-hmm. the guy that you drafted number one overall that you would have thought mm-hmm. would be the reason that finally the city connects with its team, I'd make the argument has nothing to do with the fact that people are actually Pels fans and really growing to love mm-hmm. this, this basketball team. And I, and I say that in Ralph, I think that's a good thing. In other words, people yeah. buy Willie. People have bought guys like mm-hmm. Alvarado, Herb Jones, who plays defense. Like, yep. it, it's an organic swell of growth as opposed to, oh, we got one of the flashiest, mm-hmm. best players in the game. That's easy. That's easy, right? That's uh-huh. easy to get on board and root for a team because you have one of the best players mm-hmm. in the league. And I think that's not a bad thing at all that people are excited about showing up tonight and Zion's not playing. He hadn't played all season. No,
11: it's, it's, it's a hundred percent. I think. Something happened with the Pelicans that when they traded for C.J. McCollum, not just him bringing the leadership that he has on the court, something happened in the city where we all saw the players that were traded and watched the game that night, and they were emotional about Josh Hart and guys. leaving. And I think it did something for the Pels community, the the people that love the Pels and the Pels are their number one sports thing to do. But also for guys like me, who I'm, the, I'm with the Saints, and you know, once the season ends in January, I start tuning into the Pelicans. I but it, it's like, wow, the Pelicans are—they're building something really special. Like all the things that Griffin said about culture and building a family. Mm-hmm. Like it took them a while, and it took them a couple of coaches, but like, it's happening, and we're like, oh, this is cool. So I, I definitely think something is happening with the Pelicans that is different in a way that the fan base is building that we haven't seen before. And it's going to be great. But like tonight would be just rocket fuel for it. Like,
9: just,
11: just give me a little bit more, like give us, give us a little shove <laughs> and get this, get this right. Pelican momentum going. Like, I I feel like it doesn't, doesn't stop
4: it. If they leave tonight. But At man, Saints forecast Doug, is the way to follow tonight. No, oh, yeah. I know. I feel you, man. Saints forecast. Yeah. The way to give you a follow over on Twitter, Ralph Marlborough. Um, so let's move to the Saints because I, I, again, I, I'm genuinely a friend. I would think so. And, uh, I have concern for you. Like this week you, <laughs> but look, I don't think you're alone making the case and argument about what we know we're seeing reports. Could the Saints pack at 16 and 19 and go get a quarterback and, you know, what is, you, you, you tweeted the, essentially what has Jameis done to give you the confidence? And I understand that to an extent. At the same time, should that lack of confidence force what I think Ralph would be an absolute—I don't know—just the wrong move. I'm trying to think of like it's almost an emotional response to trade up to number five and get Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis.
11: I'm in a weird. I'm in a weird spot because here's the thing. You are because here's the thing. (laughs) I don't want them to trade up. I think if they trade up in this weak quarterback class, it's the height of arrogance. Because everybody's saying this isn't a great quarterback class. And the Saints would be saying, no, actually, we know better. This is the dude. And they trade up. So I don't want them to trade up. And the second round, is a if you pick a quarterback in the second round, even if you include
10: Drew Brees
11: and you go back 21 years, second-round quarterbacks is a graveyard of sadness of picks. Like, you almost – it's better. You're better off almost setting the pick on fire or letting like a five year old just pick a name out of a bag than drafting a second round quarterback. So that's the problem. But also, like, I want the Saints to, if possible, like hedge against Jameis because here's the thing, Cus. If Jameis isn't the dude, they don't have a first round pick next year, right? So then you're kind of locked into Jameis this next few years where you don't really have any options. So it's. It's a quandary, and my thing is with, with people that, I didn't expect them to just blow up my Twitter for two days, my thing with the Jameis people that I don't understand is not only do they think he's a franchise quarterback, which, fine, okay, I, I understand that fans, right. how, how you feel about the quarterback of your team is really a proxy for how you feel about the team in general, because I say I'm not sure about Jameis Winston. I have concerns. Fans hear that as you don't believe in the quarterback. You don't believe in the team. You think 2022 is not going to be fun. I hate you. You're wrong. So I get, like, fans feel that way. But the thing is with Jameis is the Saints haven't committed to him either. Like, there's no NFL team this offseason, including the Saints, by the way, that were like, Jameis, he's a franchise dude. We're signing him. He's number one option. Like, even the Saints, like, tried desperately to get Sean Washington. So, with all that said, like, they haven't committed to him that much money. Two years, $28 And You know, they could, they, could, they could keep him for two years, but they're not long-term committed to him. So I just have these questions about him, and I don't quite get why fans think that is horrible. Like, I hope Jameis succeeds. I want them to build around him. I don't want them to trade up and get because or whoever in the draft because I don't like this quarterback, depth. But if they want to head and get a guy – you know, like if it, like ideally, that's my ideal draft is pick an offensive tackle and receiver at sixteen and nineteen, and then trade back up into the first round, and get Ritter, maybe pick a fall, maybe mm-hmm. get another guy, and then you you head, You're like, hey, Jameis, we gave you a right. we gave you a we gave you a live. we gave you a offensive tackle. Maybe they draft the running back later. We've given you the piece to succeed. But if you don't, we got Ritter, and maybe Jameis is awesome. And in two years, you're like, oh my god. We gotta pay Jameis and we trade Ritter for a low first round pick or a second round pick and you recoup what you lost. I just like the fact that they could have options. That's all I want. But apparently Saints Twitter is all in on Jameis. He's the solution. Don't look elsewhere, even though the Saints did it all up.
4: <laughs> well and and that's the thing that I've been saying back and forth when, you know, I see reports hey they could Move up to go get Pickett or Willis, which means you'd have to go above the the Falcons at 8 and above the Panthers at 6. And I'm like, that would be insane. Even though, and you heard Cam Jordan this week on ESPN, kind of back up what Keyshawn Johnson said last week. That they're not going quarterback they're in win-now mode. And we know Michael Thomas is related to him, so maybe you heard that from there. Um I think my thing is this, when I look at it, it there's also a very weird time right now where maybe it's sports medium, um, Ralph, maybe it's just Twitter, but I feel like unless you're an MVP Super Bowl quarterback, you stink. Like, I mean, I'm watching things this morning. Does Russell Wilson have anything to prove? You know, or Derek Carr is a poverty quarterback middle class i'm like Derek carr is not but he's just got 121 million dollars like the right. guy is not t- i would love to have Derek carr that guy can make some throws he's a good leader like it's crazy have we gone so far in the world of sports where you're zero or 10 there is no one between and six and seven it is terrible because i don't know about you ralph i'm not a 10 I am. I'm hoping like a five or six to my wife, and I hope she's happy with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean... that's right. <laughs> it's, like it's
11: weird. You got the like the, 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 the like the the delineation marker at quarterback is kind of Kirk Cousin. It's insane. Like, every, everybody above him is like, oh, I definitely would want that guy. And when you get below Kurt Cousin in the rankings, you're like, eh, I like him, but I don't want to pay him. Right, like, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, if the Saints had him and he was on a rookie deal, you'd be like, he's a steal. But then if you're like, oh, i got to pay him $35 million? Right. Eh, I, don't, I don't know. And that's the, <laughs> that's the trouble. That's going to be the – I think that's going to be the thing with James. I really think the Saints are going to – I think they're going to do a really good job because they have a history of drafting well. I think they're going to draft well. I think they're going to be successful. I think Jameis is going to be successful, but I think in two years, what we're going to be is he's going to be like in that Ryan Tanny Hill kind of, kind right. of right. Like, instead of be like, be like, I like Jameis, <laughs> but like I love him at fourteen million. But yeah. like, do I love him at three years? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Do I love him at? Yeah. Do I love him at four years? One hundred fifty-two million. Eh, and that's the thing, like. But but the thing is that at, at receiver or other position, you can be like I'm not paying that right like a lot of teams did that this offseason like Green Bay's like I'm not paying I'm not paying that I'm not paying Tyreek I'm trading them but at quarterback it's it's like your wife right and, and it's, it's it's so different you're just like you even if you're in the bet you're like I'm not sure but you're scared because you're like we need to get rid of Janus but what if we get something worse yeah right? and so it becomes very very difficult but this is like Saints fans just need to kind of accept Gus like this is the world we live in now like the days of like being the 1% where you got Drew and you don't have to worry about quarterback like those days are over like the Saints are always going to kind of have a wandering eye I think with Jameis I think the whole time he's here even if he ends up being here for the next like two to five years I think the Saints are always going to have a wandering eye and they're always going to be looking to maybe upgrade or change because Jameis just He's that guy he's that guy. He's gonna be the guy that's gonna I think he's gonna be he's potentially tremendously fun, but he is going to have weeks where we are going to want to pull our hair out. It's too easy what it's what he does, but the Saints build a competent roster and he's been he's shown that he can win. I just like I, it's the thing with, with James and I had the music threads like, on Twitter. I, like the thing is people don't wanna have like a nuance reasonable conversation about Jameis which part of me gets it but part of me is like, can't we like, if I said to you, Gus Caesar Ruiz, I don't really like him. I want him off my TV side. Saints need a new guard. You'd be like yeah, it's reasonable. Maybe they do this or that. But like, if you're like, I worry about Jameis I want an option. People are like why do you think the Saints are going to be terrible? So yeah. it, It's interesting, but, but Gus thing is with Jameis, like I don't see the Saints trading up for a quarterback I don't even see him Drafting a quarterback this year, and they don't have a first next year. So, like, I feel like the Saints are kind of locked in for Jameis for two years. So, like, whether we like it, whether we don't, whether we have concerns, whether we don't, like Jameis, is, is the dude the next two years. And like, either it works or it doesn't. But I don't see, I don't see them doing anything to bring in serious competition for him. So he's kind of, he's he's kind of going to be the guy. And uh, it'll be
4: interesting. The other thing, too, that tells me that as we wrap up, Ralph, is you wouldn't have paid Randy Dalton and guaranteed him the money that you did if you thought you were bringing in a young quarterback right now <laughs> to do that and move up in the draft. It just it doesn't make any sense. At Saints Forecast, a way to follow Mr. Ralph Mauro, of course. Saints Happy Hour podcast. Sir, enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk again next Wednesday. Anytime, Gus.
11: See you
4: next. Yep, for sure. Quick break. Open phone lines. Top of the hour, we'll talk Spurs fellow from San Antonio. Sports Hangover at ESPN New Orleans. What's he got that I got? it got you.
0: Time is money.
8: Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safe driving discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty
4: Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
3: K shot, J and Max. Have you ever been part of a losing culture? Every day you're having meetings. Every day somebody's pointing the finger and then when you lose games and you have to be the person at the podium saying, hey, what are the answers? I don't have the damn answers. The hell do we have a coaching staff for? And I'm not making excuses for Russell Westbrook because I wouldn't point the fingers. I wouldn't say, well, I, I'm already a champion in life because I know that people want me to answer about basketball. And I, I know that it's going to be hard for people to, co- like to compartmentalize what happening with the lakers right now but i also look at lebron james i look at Rob palenka russell westbrook is to a degree a poor man's version of lebron we need to stop putting all the onus like hey russell every day it's your fault because right now it's part of the russell westbrook reality tv show that la we become infatuated with because it's drama it's a car crash every day
2: gj and
3: max followed by Greeny, mornings on espn radio and on the espn app
5: The
2: man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN1003.com.
4: Seeing the update here, Frank James, that is the suspect at a subway shooting yesterday in Brooklyn. He has been taken into custody without incident. He's had nine prior arrests in New York, three in New Jersey. As they are giving the update now, they're having a press conference live in New York. So, if you've um, been paying attention to that last night and this morning, some of the videos that he's posted on social media, he is not well. And, uh, good job by law enforcement to, um, track that down. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's just sad. Sad that somebody feels that way and sad that people got shot and were injured yesterday in that. But wanted to pass that along because obviously, not just in the world of sports cuz we talked about it yesterday you know it was down the street from the Brooklyn Nets facility in the Barclays Center and Kevin Durant was touching on it there were the sirens they're, they're in shoot around and all that was taking place yesterday morning but uh the the suspect has been arrested and 29 total people were injured 809981003 would like to chime into the conversation Pelicans taking on the Spurs. I'm pumped. Are you more excited or nervous about tonight? And what's the key? I think it's three point shooting. Pels can't do, they can't have a three for 19 night. And I would say I'm more excited than nervous. You're normally nervous when you don't have confidence. I, I'm confident the Pels will step on the court and can play with the Spurs, right? So I'm excited to be honest with you. I, I'm looking forward to that. Uncle Earl, thank you as always for calling the show, sir. How are you tonight? Happy
6: Hump Day today, buddy.
4: Happy Hump Day to you as well.
6: Hey, hey, Goose. Uh, I- I'm excited. I'm I- I'm a little nervous. But, man, look, I don't care if it's the uh, New Orleans Breakers, you remember years ago, yep. the-, the Brass, the Saints. The p- man, we got somebody in the postseason. I'll tell you it- – watching that game last night, Goose and hearing the crowd right. play in what it sounded right. like a playoff game. That was so exciting, man.
10: Uh
6: to have that tonight, I mean that's that's a really blessing for the city and, and for these kids, man. And and I, I think it's gonna I, I think they're gonna win tonight, man. I think they're gonna step up but I see I see great things for the future. And I I think the uh you know, the Achilles heel, I guess with them her huh, Goose is the – Maybe three point shooting throughout the year. If we can get a little better with with that, but man, it's it's, it's a great thing for the city today, man. It really is. It's
4: a well, you heard you heard Trajan Lang did. I don't know if you heard when he was on the show yesterday around between one thirty and two. We kept them for three. No, I
6: minutes. didn't hear him. Googling but um, he
4: specifically when I when I said what do you expect tomorrow, and he he says it's going to be a hard fought game. He expects a battle. He expects that. Um, specifically said Greg Popovich is going to throw things they haven't seen their way, and Willie Green kind of expressed that a little bit. Yesterday as well after practice, and Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum said the same thing. They're, they're going to get thrown wrinkles and things they haven't seen, which is remarkable, but that's why pop is pop. But he did say specifically to your lines or what you were saying, he said both teams aren't great three-point shooting teams. So it's who can attack the paint, who can make their free throws. Um, you're going to have to be able to knock down some jumpers and things of that nature. So the team that, say, can get going from beyond the arc um mate you know make really be the influence in in winning this game
6: hey goose real quick uh do you think going into i don't want to jump ahead like going into the draft or maybe get that pick from the lakers would that be a from uh, your standpoint would that be a a key thing to get is somebody that can shoot like a a good three-point shooter for next year and have maybe have zion back man it'll be a a complete team, huh? I mean, I guess maybe get another shooter?
4: Yeah. Or um No, absolutely. Good. So, look, there are certain things, obviously, moving forward you're going to need to improve on. And, obviously, three-point shooting is good. Um That depth that you're going to have, it's nice to start to see that starting to develop now. I mean, you know, Jackson Hayes isn't starting next year, but it's nice to know that you have that, right? Billy Hernan Gomez goes games without playing, but you know that when he, he plays, he's a double-double uh machine when you see that. was. Still don't know what the future is with Kyra Lewis on this team. Could he be perhaps that point guard at your you're kind of needing maybe perhaps off the bench? Devontae Graham back next year. Is Garrett Temple back next year? So there, there's some other roster spots. I, I think that point guard position is, is one for sure. Now, do you want to entrust that to a, a kid coming out of college? Mm-hmm. Or do you use point. that pick? Uncle Earl saying it gets up to four or five, and there's a team that really likes one of those players. And maybe has a veteran point guard that you can do that. I know you use it. Um, I don't know. Like, like I said, but there's a lot of different options. The good thing is you got the pick. So as long as it's in the top ten, hey, it's yours.
6: Hey, hey, Goose, I can listen to you and Ralph all day, man. <laughs> and, and tonight, I hope you, I hope you take this in, Goose, because I'm really excited. And this is this is great for the city, man. Go, Pels, and, and uh, let's do it tonight, Goose.
4: I'm with you, man. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to doing this. Thank you, as always, Uncle Earl, for giving us the call here. Are you more excited? Are you more nervous about tonight? General D, got three minutes to the top of the hour, sir. Go ahead.
3: About the game tonight, I'll be in attendance. One of the things that I'm, well, it's three things I think the key to the game. I think you got to limit their guard play you got to make sure we rebound and only give them up one shot, not give multiple opportunities with those 50-50 balls that come on the deck. Secondly, I think you have to be able to hit free throws and then limit your turnovers. If you mm-hmm. do those things, I think you come out with a win. Um, I- I'm really excited to see how the second unit comes in and gives you that energy that you need.
5: Right. And
3: I'm concerned a little bit about Brandon Ingram because I've seen him come off of injury in many games and get to a slow start. If he comes out hitting his first couple of shots, I'm all for, um, you know, kind of featuring him. I do think this is going to be a, a game based upon matchups. And Pirtle is a guy that I think you can pound inside at times. But when they go small, it, it really is going to depend on how Jackson Hayes and even Willie Gomez to get in there and kind of change. Because I don't know that is um, I think, is going to actually get some foul trouble if they uh, – if they go small with it, because, you know, a lot of times he's caught in some of those pick and rolls out top and, he, and moving his feet, he just doesn't do as good a job away from the basket. But overall, I'm excited about the game. Um, and in fact, I think the point that just came up about the draft pick, I, you know, unless it's the perfect fit guy that you think they can come in and play, but if it's a guy that you think is a guy that's going to take a little time to build around, I would like to see them move that pick for a veteran point guard. That can put CJ McCollum back to his natural spot. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
4: No, I do. I, I just think it makes sense from that standpoint, General D, um, for that. Look, I, I, I'm looking and we can, as we get closer to that, especially if the season, you know, wraps up, but I, I don't know if that, that player sort of exists right now that can sort of do that, that has that, that capability. Um, more importantly, you know, as opposed to maybe a veteran that you go out there. But you try that veteran approach a little bit already this year, didn't you, with Devontae Graham. So it's kind of no certainty that that would work uh, or, or fit is as well. So I don't know. I, I think you you work everybody out. You use all your options, and then you wait to see if somebody calls you. You wait to see if somebody blows your socks off in the draft. And, you know, it, you have options. But I want to ask you this in about 30 seconds because we're at the top of the hour. You've gone to games throughout the season. Do you agree with me that the that there is a swell of fandom that is happening right now with the Pelicans, and that it's crazy that I could you could probably argue that it has nothing to do with marquee names and stars, much less to do with Zion.
3: Absolutely, there's been a swell. But I think part of it has been that's us-against-them mentality, that the city has always taken it as their mantra. It's like, even when, when the Saints were the Aints, you know, we rallied around our team so much when the outsiders were like, why are we spending our dollars or why do we even care? It's kind of that same thing with the Pelicans right now. The 12th man is real. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people in spaces. There's a lot of people that have eyeballs on this. And, I mean, there's a lot of fan fans, don't get me wrong, that want to see the Pelicans do well. But, you know, the narrative that there's not a lot of basketball people in this town is not true. There's a lot of strong groups that went all the way back to the Jazz that were here. Right.
4: And I think that that's something that you can feel. And tonight you're going to feel it big time. If we get a win tonight, uh, look out for this team. Uh, the the fandom is going to be there in the arena. And the fandom is real. And we're coming. Sounds good. General D, thank you for the phone call. Hour 3 next on ESPN New Orleans.
0: Gotta tell you what just heard. Stop buying tickets without rewards and start getting more. I'm the only ticketing company that rewards you for buying. Vivid Seats. Buy 10 tickets, the 11th is on us. That's like 10% back every time you buy. And with 100% buyer guarantee and over 100 million tickets sold, that's something to sing, laugh, cheer, scream, buy about. Head to vividseats.com for terms and conditions. Vivid Seats. Life happens live.
8: And now, an important message from Steve Harvey. I've been thinking about this thing, right?
5: This pandemic, it just isn't over yet. We got the vaccines. I got mine. You might have yours. And when you get that, it's kind of tempting. You want to go to the beach. You want to show up at the club. I'm not scolding you or nothing like that. I'm a performer. I'm tired of doing my shows with no audience. I get it. But listen to this. Don't think just because you got the vaccine that you could just go crazy. We are not quite there yet. Don't let your guard down now. Just follow the current safety guidelines. Wearing your mask is the best way to get it done. I know the mask is hot. I got it. But you know what's hotter than these masks? Staying healthy. Now that's hot. And that's pretty fly, if you ask me. Now, we need to all keep it together, okay? This is Uncle Steve telling you, let's unite to prevent.
8: For more information, visit unitetoprevent.org.
1: You're listening
3: to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La
2: Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Catengel. by
0: Papa. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill.
4: Going to get the Spurs side of things here in a minute. As we get closer to the Spurs and Pelicans tonight. 8.30 tip time right here in your home for Pelicans basketball. Special one-hour Pre-game show from sections 104 105 will be out there swing on by say hi the sports bar will be next to you It's gonna have happy hour specials a dj the works and more importantly it's the midway point of your work week
3: uh-oh guess what day it is guess what day it is
12: it's hump day
5: i know you can hear me
6: Today's more than what that candle Wednesday Hump Day you
4: know what it is Indeed, it is Hump Day getting ready for the game tonight. Second playing game. You got the Hornets and Hawks going at it first over on ESPN. Pelicans, a five and a half point favorite over the Spurs. San Antonio three-and-one on the regular season. Haven't faced the starting lineup, though, that the Pelicans have been putting out there as of late. So could that be a difference? Words of wisdom.
10: It's the all the
4: We spoke with Jake Madison, locked on Pels, back in our number one. Talked about different matchups. Deontay Murray, somebody to keep an eye on. Willie Green, CJ, B.I. after practice yesterday spoke not only highly about him. Chris, I mean, CJ McCollum said he's a five-player guy. All five players. (laughs) Got to defend him. Noah Magaro, George. Writer and editor for Pounding the Rock, also host Alamo City Limits, joins us to talk a little bit about the Spurs. You can follow him on Twitter at N underscore M-A-G-A-R-O. Noah, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
13: Great. How are you doing?
4: Doing good. I see you have Spurs film study in the bio there, sir. So that's good because I'm going to need to see because it's a simple question. Why are the Spurs so good? We call them the pop roaches over here. They don't go away. They're always prepared, man. It's incredible when you look at this team year in and year out.
13: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So their record, obviously, 14 games under five hundred, but they finished with a positive point differential. They were better than their record said. And I think it all starts with the Greg Popovich system. You know, he doesn't ask players to do things that they're not capable of. He's not telling DeJounte Murray to take pull-up threes. He didn't ask, you know, DeMar DeRozan when he's here to do pull-up threes. And he lets players be comfortable, play to their strengths. And I think by doing that, he allows the players to get the most out of them on the court. And they're competitive in every single game. And I think that's the thing that stands out about this first team is all 82 games, they were competitive in probably 78 of them. You know, they rarely got blown out. They rarely blew other teams out. And it was really, it was fun. You know, a young team, they lost a lot of games, but you can tell they're on the brink of
9: something.
4: When you look at, I guess, obviously, the, the post, you know, Tim Duncan and Parker era, Ginobili and all that, rebuilding or, I guess, kind of getting back to sort of where you were. And you've had different players of name, all-stars players. You mentioned DeRozan being one. You had Aldridge. I mean, you had a bunch of different guys there as well. Is this, though, kind of what they want to sort of build through young players in, in a system that way?
13: Yeah, it definitely feels like Greg Popovich is committed to these younger players. And actually, you know, it's interesting because in years past, they thought, hey, you know, Greg Popovich, he's done after this year, last year of his three-year extension. And as the season has gone on, as you hear him talk in these press conferences, you know, he says, I'm reinvigorated by these younger players. I get to do the thing that I didn't get to do with Tony and Manu and Timmy, and that's coach and teach these players and really help them develop. And so it feels like he's 100% on guys like DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Josh Primo, Devin Vassell, Yaka Purtle. And so they're not where they want to be yet. And I don't think they consider themselves necessarily rebuilding. I think they think they're a retooling team. They think they're a few pieces away. Now, whether that's true or not, everyone has an opinion. But it's hard to not at least trust in Popovich considering, you know, he's been here 26 seasons, and playoffs have been 23 straight seasons before that. So definitely encouraged by what I've seen from the players and from the coach, and he's a guy who looks like he's happy here.
4: Ten and eight is what they finished, right? In a couple of those games, Pop sat a lot of the different players. They've been playing much better basketball towards the end of the season, huh?
13: You know, I actually think that's really interesting. So I wouldn't say they're necessarily playing better basketball, and I'm sure Spurs fans will get on top of me for this, and they're going to get angry at me for saying this. But, you know, San Antonio finished their schedule with a game against the Blazers, who were intentionally tanking. Against the Pelicans, no offense, they weren't healthy. So they weren't at 100%. They weren't at their best. They got to play the Rockets again, the Trail Blazers, two more times. And then they get to play, you know, the Warriors minus Steph Curry. Draymond Green gets ejected early in that game. So, I think it was more an easier schedule because you look at this team, like you said, they sat guys like DeJounte Murray, Yaka Purtle, Doug McDermott was injured, Devin Bissell got rest, Lonnie got rest, and it felt like they were just handed sort of an easy schedule. So I know it may be a little controversial to say, but it feels like they more, you know, were handed this play-in tournament experience rather than earning it in some ways. And of course mm-hmm. you can't tell that to the players, but teams like Los Angeles, Portland, Sacramento, those guys sort of just fell out of the picture they weren't trying to win anymore and the Lakers were but they were awful that's a discussion for another time but we'll see what the Spurs can do tonight they definitely have confidence from that and I think that goes a long way confidence regardless of how they're playing is going to be huge against a team that I think is not one that they've seen yet so far like you Mm -hmm. mentioned
4: Noah one of the things that's interesting obviously is the place uh, where we are I mean the Spurs have won championships hall of famers left and right things of that nature New Orleans it'd be nice to just have the the playoffs a couple years in a row. I think one of the most remarkable things that I think of San Antonio too in the market, cause we hear that a lot, right? You know, market size, players want to be there or not. What was it, man? 20 some, 20, 20 plus years of being in the postseason every year. That is that still kind of, I want, I want to almost say hard to believe, even though they take eight in, in, you know, in the NBA and now more at the play in, but that's still remarkable for me. Cause that is just consistently being a team that contends and I think that's all you want from a fan base
13: absolutely and I think that's why Spurs fans are so desperate to see this team get back into the playoffs Mm -hmm. you know they they almost got it last year against Memphis in the plan and you know they fell short and you know it is what it is they come back they commit to this youth movement and now they're on the brink of making the playoffs you know if they win this game tonight maybe they win the next game against Los Angeles so I think Spurs fans are really excited for this new group of players. No, it's not Kawhi or Tony or Timmy or Manu or Bruce Bowen, but you do have guys like DeJounte and Keldon and Primo and Vassell who you can be excited about if you're a Spurs fan. And hopefully, you know, they can carry on that legacy of greatness regardless of how long Popovich decides to stay after
4: Mm it. Noah Magaro, is it Magaro or Magaro? It's Magaro George. Okay, I was making sure. Um, At N underscore Magaro is the way to follow him over on Twitter. Look, man, I look at this matchup and and think of, okay, so it's 3-1 during a regular season, but then you may not have the same starting line. Well, you won't have the same starting line from the Pelican standpoint against San Antonio. How much of a difference do you think that will make at all?
13: You know, I think it's going to be a pretty big difference. You know, we didn't really get to see except for one matchup where Brandon Ingram was part of this rotation. And I think that two-big lineup of Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas is really going to give San Antonio some fits. Obviously, Jakob Hurdle is one of the more underrated rim protectors in the NBA, but Zach Collins hadn't played basketball for a year and a half before he rejoined this lineup in Mm -hmm. February. He's still sort of getting his footing. And so I think if they can take advantage of that if you're New Orleans, that will be huge because I think San Antonio is not a team that is particularly good at keeping someone else off the boards. They give up a lot of second-chance points. And those are two things that I think the Pelicans can do behind that two big lineup. So I think that will be huge for the Pelicans, and I think Brandon Ingram will be huge for the Pelicans as well because I'm not sure they really have any individual defender who can lock him up. Now, obviously, the team defense is really important, but being able to lock down one guy who's an isolation scorer can be an isolation scorer, that's really huge. So I think that could both be really, really instrumental and the Pelicans either winning or losing this
4: matchup. I was surprised by a stat that Jake Madison from Locked on Pels gave us back in our number one, Noah, where he said Herb Jones on Murray has a total of 12, has allowed just a total of 12 points in the four games this season. And I'm wondering how how does Popovich, I guess, try to make sure that he can get off and get some points and be more on the offensive side, or do they trust other guys to maybe take up that offensive production and, and just say, hey, look, this guy, while a rookie, is going to lock down our guy, or, you know, what ways can San Antonio do to try to get him going? Because 12 points in, in total is incredible to me. Yeah, and you know that trio
13: of Herb Jones, uh, Jose Alvarado, and Jackson Hayes, you know, they do different things, but they were all really instrumental in stopping Murray. Right. You know, he had that one game of 31 points in February. But outside of that, 14 points per game in the other three matchups, 16 of 50 from the field for 32%. And he really struggled to score. But one thing that we've noticed, or at least other analysts inside of the San Antonio media market have noticed is, you know, DeJounte doesn't need the score to be impactful. He can get his teammates involved. And I think that is going to be huge for San Antonio because if you can stop DeJounte, great. But he gets other guys involved, Yaka Purtle, Devin Bissell, Keldon Johnson. And I think Keldon Johnson may be really on the brink of, having a breakout of sorts, you know, he finished the season last nine games, 23 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, 48% from the field, 38% from three. He looked like a guy who he may make that all-star leap next year. Now it's a nine-game sample size. They, you know, admittedly played some shorthanded teams, some teams that were intentionally losing. But I think if they lock down DeJounte, I think it opens up a lot of possibilities for Keldon Johnson to to kind of come in there and maybe be the leading scorer for San Antonio because I just don't know that you're going to give a, a, a ton of defensive attention to a Keldon or a Jakob as opposed to Dejounte. I think it makes the most sense to cut the head off the snake, so to speak. So we'll see what happens in this matchup. But Dejounte, excellent at getting his teammates the ball. You know, one of the top assist men in the NBA. So going to be a really interesting matchup. And of course, CJ McCollum. We could talk about him if you want, but phenomenal for the for the Pelicans. I've really enjoyed him with New Orleans since he came over at the trade deadline.
4: Oh, no doubt. I You know, I keep making the comparison, too, man, to what Drew Brees was sort of like, and it's early. And I I mean in terms of, you know, the ambassadorship and always talking about positive about the city. I mean, yet this week he's like, make sure that people look at this city and Pelicans basketball differently by the time I'm done. To have somebody like that sort of, you know, means so much so to, no, I almost throw it to your direction here. It was easy from an outside standpoint to see what Duncan and Parker and those guys did on a basketball side but how much of that and what they did off the court or to help bring about the name of San Antonio where I look at that logo and I think of that name and I think of excellence. You know what I'm saying?
13: Of course. Of course. And I think that's really important. You know, we've seen guys, you know, even San Antonio has had this happen to them with Kawhi Leonard. He wanted to go back home. He didn't care how he got there. It sort of became a controversial topic and then he's gone. You know, San Antonio is sent into a de facto reset. But guys like Timmy Tony, Manu, Bruce Bowen, even LaMarcus and DeMar to an extent. The fact that they went to San Antonio, they stuck with San Antonio for so long, they spoke really highly of the coaching staff of the city, they were involved in community service and community outreach. I think that's really huge. Just having players who are willing to prop up the city that they're playing in where it doesn't feel like they're looking for a way out. They're they're not looking to get to a bigger market or a better team or a super team. I think that's really important. And I think that's why Spurs fans, outside of you know the Spurs being really the only major team in San Antonio, I think that's why Spurs fans love their players. You know, I think even if they hadn't won any titles, the fact that there was such a longevity for all these players and they wanted to be here and they expressed that, I think that's huge. And I think you know if guys like Zion and, and C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram can do that for New Orleans, and that that would be really awesome because I, I think of the Saints. I know that you just spoke about it, but I think of Drew Brees doing the same thing for the right. Saints. And I think it's huge for an organization, for a sports franchise, and it would be really cool to see guys sort of settle in a city and commit to that city.
4: Yeah, you got to have somebody that, that that's out there and tries to change that narrative and culture, man, because, Noah, I'm kind of – you know what's nice about tonight I, I, and and the swell of, you know, energy that we've seen here in the city? We don't have to talk every single day about screaming A or somebody else nationally saying Zion's a <laughs> Nick. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, I mean, it's yeah. crazy, Noah, that – there are fans excited about tonight, and I've been making the case, an argument on the show so far today. That's nothing to do with Zion. He hasn't played this year, and if anything, anytime his name has been brought up, it's a negative thing. I I'm not kidding you. The week of the NBA trade deadline on Monday of that week, we had callers saying, "Don't trade Jackson Hayes, trade Zion." I like that's that's nuts, right? <laughs> but it shows how much yeah, he's played totally better. Insane. But that's the point: is that it's crazy to see how the fans have really embraced this team with what Willie Green and everybody else has done, and it has nothing to do with the number one player overall. It's crazy.
13: It really is. It really is crazy, and I think it will be exciting once Zion comes back. I'm sure you'll have more yeah. intel on that than I do, but I, I'm really excited to see, and I know that they're a divisional rival for San Antonio. I'm not you know, so much of a, a fanboy. I try to be really unbiased, even though I was born and raised in San Antonio, but I enjoy the Pelicans basketball. I really liked watching Zion play and I think if he can get back on the court, whether that's later this postseason or next right. year, there could be something really special in New Orleans because they've got a really interesting roster, some good depth pieces, some good ancillary stars, some good young players. So just excited to see what they can do.
4: Noah, final uh, minute here. What happens tonight?
13: Oh, man. I went back and forth with my <laughs> co host and. We are both of the mindset that I think this is going to be sort of just like last year with Memphis and San Antonio, where you know maybe one of these teams gets out to a 10- or 12-point lead, but neither of these teams are quitters. You know what I mean? They're going to fight back regardless, and at the end of the game, I think it's going to look something like 106 to 102, or it's going to be a one- or two-possession game. I don't expect this to be a blowout. I think it's going to be competitive, but kind of like we saw for most of the year outside of that one blowout for – that came at the hands of the Pelicans earlier. But I'm excited to see this because I think it's going to be really competitive. It's going to have a playoff atmosphere, and I think that's really important for the development of young players.
4: No doubt. Writer and editor, Pounding the Rock, also host Alamo City Limits, Noah McGarro-George, at N underscore. is the way to follow on Twitter. Thank you so much, man, for your time this afternoon. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, quick break. Phone lines are open. Getting closer to tonight's tip time, 8:30 p.m. over at the Smoothie King Center. Don't forget, 7:30 Pelicans walk through followed by Pelicans warm up. We'll be starting at 7:30 outside sections 104, 105. If you're coming out there, come out and say hi to us. Can't wait to see you out there as we get closer to tip off tonight. We'll be back on ESPN New Orleans. Oh,
2: Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch.
4: For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance.
6: An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical
12: and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sport-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position.
6: When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental
0: peak.
12: The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau
5: Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com.
2: Health Watch is a presentation of coastal broadcasting in Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985 493 4502 or visit thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who you